0: Welcome to Making It It Happen, my name is Tom Dalton. Each episode will have an inspiring guest tell their story of overcoming obstacles, never settling, and making it happen. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and review. So grab a coffee, hope you enjoy the pod. Let's go! So we are live, Um, welcome to Making It Happen. My name is Tom Dalton, and we are on episode number thirty-one. We're in the thirties now, um, and I'm on location again. I'm delighted to say I am joined by this morning Scott Furlong. Scott Furlong is the founder and owner of FHP Fitness, Health, and Performance, uh, based here in Churchtown, County Dublin. So, Scott, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Um, so, Scott, um, thanks for having us here this morning. I really do appreciate it, and thanks for the great cup of coffee. Um, as I probably try, what most guests is just to start and give us a bit of your background and growing up. Now, am I right in saying hockey led you into fitness, or where does your fitness or business journey begin?
1: Yeah, ever since a small age, um, my parents are heavily involved in our club in Ballsbridge, so I've been playing hockey ever since I could walk. Um, and it was actually transition year; we had to do some like community service thing. So I went down to the hockey club and I started coaching our under sevens. I think at the time it was with a friend and that kind of kick, kick started like coaching and uh, from there once that kind of like three-month module finished I kept going and worked my way up through the teams under 14s under 16s took some of our senior teams got into more senior ladies stuff and just from there I realized I just enjoyed coaching people showing something someone like um, a basic skill and then seeing them put it into practice it kind of that that gave me a kick
0: and Scott was was your father a coach, or was it just something you just really wanted to get straight into? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, my dad was more of a manager, but both my parents coached the, like hockey in the club. Um, just as a family, we're massively and uh, heavily involved. So probably they led from the front from when it was a small age. We were always around the hockey club, and just I I just got I got a kick out of showing someone a trick or a skill and seeing that in practice and seeing the enjoyment they got from that.
0: And education-wise, at that time, was it when you were? I suppose coming out through your or leaving certain things to college, what did that look like? Was coaching a burning desire or did you want to go and get educated?
1: No, no, that was just like a part time job for me. Um, and obviously coaching is always after schools or Saturday morning. And um, my dad was always very much go to school, go to college, get a degree, get a job kind of thing. And I have a degree in engineering. Um, but when I qualified, the economy had just gone bang. And um, so it's kind of start to relook at what, what, what's next for me. Um, and that led to working in the coffee shop for a year, making coffees. That's probably where my love for coffee comes from. Um, And it was my dad was like, listen, you you can't work there for the rest of your life. You're gonna have to do something. So with the hockey, I was playing quite serious hockey back then. And I decided maybe personal training was something just for my own benefit, you know, better technique and cueing myself. Um, And there just lit a fire underneath me that that's what I wanted to do going forwards.
0: And Scott, just on that, when you were, I suppose, went through your personal training and stuff like that. Was there any pressure from family? Did they how like I, I know for me, I got to push my mum and dad to get out of retail and get into something else, and maybe start try and start my own business and just give it a shot. But what was that like from your mother and father? What was was there any pressure or anything like that?
1: Um, probably a bit nervous. Um, I would guess from an area stage I realized that like I couldn't just be a personal trainer saying work out at a commercial gym is like what happens when you're 50 and um, I'd say that's what my dad was thinking um again back in the recession he was let go so he's like and then like the banks went bang and you know his pension and all that kind of stuff took a bit of a hit um but they've always been very encouraging if I wanted to do something they'd back me 100% so they did um the big kind of turning point before when I went to open my own business was I was working in a commercial gym and my dad just happened to be popping by and when he came in I was mopping water up the floor that someone had spilt so his kind of look on his face because he just saw a cleaner he didn't see a personal trainer when he walked in he thought I'd be coaching someone so when I decided that I was going to rent some space and um, out of a small personal training facility he was 100%. He's like, you got to do it. He's like, you can't stay where you are right now. It's not the future. Um, and that kind of kicked it off there. And just he's always backed me 100%. Um, always there for a bit of advice. He's an accountant, so he can give me help with the numbers and that kind of stuff. But definitely always pushed me to do more um and kind of gave me the belief, I guess.
0: And Scott, just on the, I suppose if there's anyone that's, I don't know if uh, commercial gyms get a bad rep. Like, was it a good education there? Like, was it a stepping stone to learn and see what you do and you don't want to do?
1: Yeah, definitely, like, just working with the other trainers there um, and training with them, different styles. People had different kind of training backgrounds of what they enjoyed doing. So I kind of got a wide variety and um, probably honed in, like, what I enjoyed training and how I enjoyed training people. Um, again, the personal trainers there had their different styles
0: um, and I probably I learned a few things there for sure. And so, Scott, then, how, what was that jump like? Just getting your unit or how did that come about? Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Um, it was a guy I used to play hockey with. Just put up on facebook he was looking for a person trying to rent space he just opened his own facility um, and when i asked my dad about it i was like thinking of doing this again he was 100 he's like you should definitely do it and um, so I jumped in there and the two of us kind of worked away i worked inside his business but kind of helped him out at the same time if he was away i'd you know cover his clients and cover his classes um, and was there for like the guts of kind of two years but then at the same time was like i still can't be paying rent to someone when i'm 50. so i'd already started to kind of look for Sicily and like well how much is this gonna cost me and location that kind of stuff because it's not easy and um, that kind of relationship just went south and um, over a weekend we had a disagreement and that just killed it so that was on a Friday afternoon on Monday morning I had nowhere to train any clients and um, was the truth of it
0: and at that time you had clients
1: <laughs> yeah yeah, I had probably about 40 clients in the books. Wow. so over the weekend um, I had to ring them and like we're, we're not training Monday morning <laughs> Um. I said I'd be out of business for like a week while I found somewhere new, but like at that stage, like I was just scrambling. Uh, I got a real lucky break from one of my clients when I rang him. He goes, give me one second. It's like, I'll have a facility for you to train in two minutes. I was just gonna make one phone call. So he pulled a favor for me and I ended up in Dallas High School here in Churchtown, which is just around the corner from where I am now. Um, and he pulled a favor and that was a school gym and um, a little bit dated, but I had everything you needed. And there was a couple of us, a couple of trainers in there that rented space. So kind of, I, I, I took a rack um, and I, bought some more equipment and brought that in with me and just kind of had my area and everybody was saying that you kind of had your own area and nobody kind of went into it so was there for the guts of two years which is hard to believe because I could only train from early hours to 8 a.m because obviously kids coming to school were getting changed for PE so we had to be gone off the premises Um, and then the afternoon we couldn't get back in till half four when school finished Um, and even at that like you know, I had to be kind of wary because obviously kids floating about and strangers coming in. So it, it was a bit not ideal and um, is probably the best way to do it. After five o'clock, then it was fine. Kids were gone off school um, or they're out in the rugby pitches and they were gone. So I was there for two years um, and again, it was just like, God, I can't stay here forever. And I would probably maxed out. I couldn't take any more clients.
0: And it was, yeah, it was got it. You that was you on your own, like you were doing every hour yeah. under the sun, yeah.
1: Every single hour at this stage. Now, I'm personal training like six years, and I've done every single hour. And um, I took two weeks to go on holidays to Vegas on my 30th with the lads. And like clients stopped training. That was you know, my, my advice was to go for a walk. Kind of thing. I think I had nothing else for them to do, they had nowhere mm. else to go. And um, so, again, when I came back from that trip, I was like, right, I need my own place because people just can't stop training when I want to take a holiday or take a day off. And um, so started looking for facilities and um, I had one place up in Sandyford, and unfortunately it was just a long saga and didn't didn't materialize. Looking back now is a blessing in disguise and um, because where I am now is literally around the corner from Dalsal and everyone just came around the corner. It was perfect. It's perfect uh, size and uh, quite a little business park. Par- there's no issues with parking. My next door neighbors are both real sound um, and my landlord is brilliant as well. And um, I never hear from her and she never hears from me unless there's an issue, which is like, you know the gate doesn't open kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and there, I was probably here an, a year on my own, I'd say. And again, just max out hours, couldn't take any more. It's two floors, so I was only running at 50%. Um, so I took on my first staff member, and then like six months later, I took my second staff member. Um, and here we are, we we're two and a half years here.
0: Brilliant. Um, it's, it's, I know you've given a quick synopsis there of, of a long journey. If, it, if I could just pick up, Scott, on one thing you just mentioned there. Um, at the time when that relationship went south, do you have a different perspective now on that? Was that one of the best things that happened to kickstart you onto all that, or what yep, did you look definitely.
1: at? Definitely, a um, couple of different things. Like, it gave me a kick up the ass to go chase my dream. Per se, I was, I was kind of maybe comfortable there. Um, I learned things like contracts with your staff, like that. Literally, there was no contracts. We were mates, and uh, I just paid him rent at the start of the month. So I had not when he asked for his keys back, and um, I had no leg to stand on. And so contracts, how you deal with people, like he gave me the weekend to get my stuff out the door. Um, I asked him for, you know, give me a month to find somewhere else to tell my clients all the stuff financially as well. He just said no. So how you deal with people, uh, contracts, and how you deal with your members then. Um, And then you really find out like who you can lean on then. Some members were absolutely saying like that member, he's still a member. One phone call, he found me somewhere else to train. So I'll be ever uh, grateful for him and his wife for that.
0: Um, but yeah, definitely some life lessons there for sure. And it's amazing you talk about like that client making that phone call for you and helping out. I, I think especially in the this industry, we have some, we can create such great relationships with some of the people in our network. Yeah, 100%. And Scott, talk to me about going from you doing every hour under the sun and doing all the PT sessions and back to back and out the door, I can imagine, to then having your own facility and then taken on a staff member just talk to us a little bit about that was that like nerve-wracking or super nervous because we
1: so some of the members with me have been with me for like eight years and you just the way the timetable goes and the days they train you mightn't see them or mightn't train them say for two to three weeks but for like six years i was the one who they came training with so they came to train with me because they enjoyed what i do and how i did it and now somebody else has taken their session so very nerve-wracking and trying to find the right members um, or the right staff is huge because um, I guess if the the members don't like the coach, the member's going to leave. Is kind of the truth behind it? I've been really lucky with uh, those who I have hired. Members love them; they've all fitted in perfectly. Um, I would like to say that's maybe just a good, like, um, good judge of character. Maybe I have. Um, but, yeah, super nervous. I still is. Every time someone else comes on board or a coach leaves, I need to find someone else. It's a bit like, oh. But um, so far, fingers crossed, it keeps going the right direction for me.
0: And, Scott, anyone from the outside that's listened, will you just explain what you, what type of trainer you do here at FHP?
1: So it's all semi-private. Um, I can give you a little background pre and post-COVID, but uh, before COVID, we would have done uh, groups of four uh, and a coach. And as, as I said, the facility's two floors, so we would have eight people in the building with two coaches. And... Um, all working off, say, the one program, but if you have any knee injuries, which we have lots here, shoulders, we, we kind of divert and kind of do what you can and can't do. Um, big intimate movements, like a lot of our clients are busy moms or busy professionals, so we're not like the Chicken and Broccoli Brigade. We're just giving you the vehicle to make your life a little bit better.
0: And Scott, just on that, um, so you're in, we're in your facility now, and obviously there's challenging times with COVID, but just... You sound like an expert in the health and fitness side of things. How did your, I suppose, business side develop?
1: It's it's just kind of evolved. Um, so again, we would have done like four to one uh, coming into COVID. You had to reduce your numbers. So we just, we cut that two to one. Um, so two downstairs, two upstairs, we still get the same coach. So that means you have your own rack, your own equipments, your own cardio machines. And like the facility is big here. So you had a huge amount of space, which is massive. Um, then going into lockdown, we just gave everything away. And um, I have heard of some places are like charging rent for equipment. <laughs> like, I just don't think that's cool. You're trying to help people. Yeah. Um. so I gave, if you could carry it, you could take it out of the gym. And that goes for like the assault bikes, the dumbbells, kettlebells, they all went plates. And then I also gave us some tools to train people at home straight away into Zoom. Like I, I've heard from other coaches that they were a month doing nothing. I took two days over Paddy's days, that kind of time there. Um, just to figure it out in my own head, I guess. And then as the show kept going, because um, we're in the business to help people, and more than ever were needed.
0: And at that time, Scott, I, I know, I, I suppose, no one saw it kind of coming, and everyone kind of adapted differently. But what was that like personally when you realised you had to shut the doors and you? for, I suppose, the first lockdown? Oh, it was crushing. Like, we were just coming up on our two-year
1: birthday, and um, I had big plans for that. We would run kind of like the CrossFit Games last weekend, we kind of do like an FHP games and um, some hard and challenging, some more just a bit of crack. We get all the members down. We have, you know, if there's food and we go for drinks that night and that was kind of gone. And we suddenly lost this massive part of the business, which was the community of the members, like socializing, passing through the door, that kind of crack. And now suddenly it's just, it is not the same over the screen as much as we try to. It's not We're you know, human nature is face to face kind of stuff. Um. so that was very challenging. Um, but again, like, if, if you're not trying to move them forward and can continue to grow the business, like you're in a state of decay. Um, same as yourself with kind of the corporate stuff, you got yeah. you gotta keep just serving the people you have. Um, and I think my members were very appreciative of that,
0: and they've kind of stuck by me, which is great. And so first lockdown happened, you survived that and then you went into, am I right in saying you had some stuff set up outside when you were allowed to go back training? Yep,
1: so my landlord, super nice. Um, Obviously the other business here with some of the stuff they do, like there's a bathroom showroom, so they weren't really that open that much. And she was like, listen, you can use the whole car park there as long as you can keep it safe for everybody. Obviously, just cars coming and going. So we had one gazebo right outside the front door and across the car park, then we had two more. We lifted the floor, the rubber mattings. We brought them in and out every single day. The gazebos up and down every single day, equipment in and out every day. Um, Sounds like a workout for yourself. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, you know, suddenly rocking up kind of, you know, quarter to six in the morning, you didn't have to be there at half five to get everything up and open and all that kind
0: of stuff and ready for members arriving. Um, and was but, there, at that time, Scott, sorry for cutting across you, at that time, was there a big influx for people I suppose, dying to get a bit of training yeah, done yeah. again. Like yeah? The the gym grew there
1: straight away. Wow. Um, obviously we had a drop off naturally, just it, online isn't for everybody. But when we reopened, we had people like sign up before the actual lockdown had stopped. Um, so when we opened the doors and brought everything outside, we had like members coming back from you know freezes, and we had new members joining, and the sun was shining. People trained outdoors, it was great. Uh, you know we were standing outside in our shorts and t-shirts and sunglasses on, trying to stay hydrated in the sun, <laughs> and people enjoyed it, um, uh, which is great. And then as soon as we were back inside, then the change, the training changed because suddenly we had barbells again, and you could do deadlifts, which we couldn't do outside. We just couldn't be bringing that stuff in and out like.
0: And Scott just talked to me then. Everything's rocking and rolling again. People are back training. Then lockdown number two happens. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, yeah, it's unbelievable, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, like when we came back in as well, like we spent a huge amount of money on like sanitising and fogging machines and keeping the distance. So like we reopened indoors at fifty percent of capacity, and um, which were probably. Just there, thereabouts, um, at the moment, at max capacity, at 50%. So we're actually looking to do like a rejig of um, the equipment and moving stuff around to try increase it, but keeping the space and keeping members safe. We're going to go into more like a like a pod system. So you'll come in and everything you need, cardio equipment, dumbbells, barbells, will be in that one pod. So there'll be actually no moving around the room until you leave. Uh, we're super lucky now we have big double doors downstairs and there's loads of windows upstairs so we actually do have a good natural airflow and we're not like in the basement or somewhere Um so that's huge and I guess we'll just come 1st December we'll, we'll go again hopefully January naturally for the business and um, fitness industry it's it's a busy time of year people want new year's resolutions and get fit again but people need movement and fitness and exercise more than ever you know thankfully I don't have a desk job but my fiance does and she you know if she doesn't go for a walk or think she could be in the apartment for two days mm. which i like i can't do that personally
0: and i say a lot of people are struggling with it and scott just on that i suppose over the whole covid year we've had what have you noticed about i suppose clients and maybe dealing with it personally yourself dealing through all this pandemic
1: um i'd say for myself and everyone your daily activity has is non-existent you know, you're getting up to get to the kettle, which is 10 steps away and then back to your desk. Um, my kind of steps per day are, are massively down. Um, but I do know when I'm having like a bad day is like my fiance again It's like you need to go train. You need to go for a walk or a run or some of that. And you come back and you feel like a million dollars. Then and suddenly the world's not as bad as it was beforehand. So definitely people need some sort of exercise. And it's different for everybody. It doesn't have to be the gym. If you're into running or cycling, amazing. It just There just needs to be something there and a structure to it. Um, like we ended up going out for a walk last night in the kind of the storm that's here at the moment. It was windy and stuff like that, but it was actually, it was lovely out. But if it's raining, we wouldn't have gone. And suddenly you're a bit like, oh, maybe a little bit more depressed going to bed. And you know, the worries of the business and all that is on top of your, on your shoulders going to bed. But I guess
0: more than ever, just movement and fitness is needed. Um, And I suppose you've just highlighted, Scott, obviously your business has adapted to obviously go online for people and i know personally myself i've seen a positive and negative reaction to that but will you just talk to me like i suppose how the clients have responded to the online side of things
1: it pretty well like i guess especially like lockdown number two people are like if i have to do another zoom set <laughs> a zoom quiz, a quiz i hope yeah. you never yeah. have Friday to do a night one. quiz right? <laughs> i hope i have to never do one of those again but you kind of maybe there was a slightly slow start i guess and then people did their first session they're like oh my god i feel so much better so that was huge then they kind of realized how important was training even if it was online and it's you know it's bodyweight squats and you're usually doing a barbell back squat or something it's just the movement suddenly you see someone else on screen you see a member on screens like hey how's your weekend even though our weekends are all very quiet it's just that communication of someone you would have seen maybe two or three times a week in the gym Um, so they love it like i've, I've had a couple of messages of it like oh my god i needed that session so much or you know, the next time I sleep in, text me, and I won't do it. The next time is like I've realised how important it is I need to get up and train, and um, because again, we're we're just not getting outside, we're not moving about, we're not meeting people as much as we used to.
0: Yeah, and uh, Scott, I suppose if we just get into the whole COVID discussion, um, the last episode of the podcast had a good friend of yours on on Gallagher, and I I'd love to know just the communication and I suppose guidelines that you've been given from the government. How how do you feel about all this sort? Like, do you think James? Are getting oh, tough
1: to- topic. I'm I'm on kind of both sides of the fence to be honest. Listen, if the government needs to say we have to go to lockdown to get the numbers down, it's like, I'm like, it's not great for business, but that's what we need to do. And yeah. um, it was actually a friend of mine said, Is like, the government isn't spreading the virus. It's like, as a community, as a country, it's like, we are. So if, if we have to like, restrict our movement to and lock ourselves in how to bring the virus down and save some lives, that's what we have to do for the business side of things like it's just heartbreaking like you get the business going the right direction lockdown you lose numbers freezes all that kind of stuff um and then you're starting again you're trying to build it back up and that just puts a hold on your own personal life things you want to do buy a house that kind of things um
0: it's interesting the, it's, it's, it's i'm the cut across again i'm the worst at doing this um but just on that topic i was listening to um eamon dunphy's podcast there yesterday and he had a a doctor from the HSE on who actually lost well he had to step down from his job. And he made actually two points which I thought was very interesting. He goes rather than being a medical discussion, it needs to be a social dis- discussion mm. um more than ever because as you say businesses are affected but people's health are affected at the same time.
1: Yeah, big time. Like when it comes to like the fitness side of things there, like again we're just not moving about. This is gonna cause like, you know, more obesity. Um I guess probably kind of look at like osteoporosis for our more senior members. Like our oldest member is 72. Like I'm devastated for him because he literally has nowhere to go. He said to me, like after the first lockdown, it's like a surprise I'd see you again, just with everything going on. Yeah. just me being open with him. And he's like, here, oh, I'm not worried about here. I'm worried about going to the shops when nobody gives, when people don't give me any space and they're all over you and they're hustling and bustling. Well, here is like, you stand back, you're wearing masks, there's hand sanitizer, the stuff is all cleaned. He's like, here, I'm not worried about. Yeah. So for him and kind of his mental and physical well-being is like they're the people who, like I feel sorry for. Like, yeah. so some of our members can obviously go for a run or
0: go for a cycle, but not everybody can do that. Um, I know myself during this, I suppose, the year of twenty twenty. One of the biggest biggest lessons I've learned, probably business and personal wise, is. And I, I'd i say my fiancé would be laughing, let me now say, but I think my patience has gotten a little bit better in personally in business. Is there any main lessons you've taken from this year so far?
1: Yeah, I'd say so. I think there's, there's, it comes from a, one of the best coaches I ever played under who was the national coach, and he's in, out in Belgium now, but he would have, in every single game, talk about control the controllables. So you can control like how you prep for a game, you can control your your food and your your attitude towards the game, but you can't control some things, the opposition, the weather, the referee. It's the same with COVID, like it's gonna be around, it's not going away anytime soon. So you could look at it and you can moan about it and give out about the government stuff, or you could like write the business needs to evolve and you can control those things. So it can control how I deliver great sessions online and make sure people have equipment and do other things like the last lockdown, like Jerry Hussie spoke, and we had like a cocktail night online on a Friday night and um, we had a quiz you could do those things to keep that kind of community side of things or you could just sit back and let COVID just kind of steamroll you and then come next year or whenever it's gone suddenly you have no members and maybe your business unfortunately is closed permanently so definitely um a bit more patient but a bit more like, like even more driven to not let something like this not be done um and then as well like exercise is massive for me as well. It always has been, it's always been a big part of my life, but definitely I need to be doing something. Whether it's a walk a run or coming down here and, and working whatever equipment I have left just to kind of clear the mind and then you go again.
0: Yeah. And Scott, I suppose, uh, kind of a, a big question. Um, what's next, I suppose, for FHP or where do you see it go next? What will be your next step?
1: Next steps, we are going to have to do a little, little revamp here Um, hopefully to increase our numbers again. A big part of the gym here is that community side of things. So, if we can safely get more numbers through the door again, it kind of will will get that back a little bit and create a bit more atmosphere in the gym. Um, And just keep helping more people. To be honest, like we can only do so much, and at the moment, it's at the moment it's fifty percent. I'm not one for a second gym, a third gym. Who's like, I want one gym that people love to come training. Um, and like the coaches are great, and the coaches are developing personally, and and helping the business as well. And that's kind of uh, just keep doing that. Yeah, it's like people get bored of doing the simple things.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like it's, being consistent is, is so yeah. important. Um, you mentioned yeah, an old coach there, and I suppose it's a question I ask most of the guests in the podcast: Is there any piece of advice? What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Oh,
1: best person, oh. Um,
0: this always catches me my-
1: <laughs> I really like that control of the controllables And you can take that into Anything you do in life Absolutely anything There's things you control And there's things you can't control And you can control the things that Are uncontrollable How you react to them So COVID Like we literally took two days And suddenly we were online um, I think I, I gave it a week Because I didn't know what was going to go on really, To be honest And as I write, come down Saturday morning And you can take everything And we entered the gym equipment um, ah, oh, business wise then I would say if you're not trying to improve yourself personally, professionally, you're in a state of decay. Um, I think that was Sean McGarty who's been on your podcast as well. I think that was his one. Um, and then another one who's my current member is like, just be a good person. You know, with, with everything going on, it's just like, just, just be, be a nice, help. just be sound to people. Yeah. Um, if someone wants to freeze because they don't like doing online stuff is like, they just don't like doing online stuff and that's okay. And you know, be sound about it, and probably when you open your doors, they're going to come back to the doors. Yeah. Um. So yeah, listen, that's that's probably them.
0: Um. And Scott, just on the personal development side, I know you're big on uh, reading, and I suppose uh, am I right in saying you're still te- learning teaching guitar, learning learning guitar? Um. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. That was one. That, that's a funny one. Um. I've wanted to learn the guitar for say like ten years, and maybe last January, my fiance is like, "You've been saying that for ten years now. It's like you're you're full of crap." literally five minutes later she's like what are you doing over there it's like i've just booked my first guitar lesson so that's probably something i've learned in the last couple of years is like you just gotta act now and act faster you know you know i was probably debating opening my own business for years should have done it ages ago should have learned to cut the guitar 10 years ago and it's one of the best things i do now um like through the lockdown i had two lessons a week on zoom and thankfully i had a couple of lessons before lockdown to kind of get me in the swing of things um, but now every Wednesday guitar lesson um, I try to take Wednesday evenings off then and it's just kind of like some me time so play my lesson then come home and cook dinner for the wife uh, for the missus the yeah <laughs> not, not till next year unfortunately um thanks to COVID um but I even forgot the question now what was the question but I
0: I suppose just on that I'd really like to know how important is I suppose for any listeners taking that time out for yourself whether it's playing guitar or learning a language or reading a book how important is i suppose has that helped you
1: yeah 100 uh, percent. it just clears your mind like there's only like there's only so much netflix you can watch mm. but it, it's just taking time away so like i was talking to one member how she's working from home now and you, you finish at say six thirty, whatever it is and you're, you're cooking the dinner and then you realize there's that email and if I answer that now, it will make my Friday morning a bit easier. And then suddenly you're working until like 8 or 9 o'clock. So taking that time, we're like, you know what, I'm going to book that off. I have my guitar lessons, two hours on Wednesday. Or, you know, when I finish my classes in the morning on Zoom, I'm going to train straight away and that will give me the lunchtime. It's just actually, it's, it's just as important as going to work is having some time where you have a bit of me time. And me time could be anything. Like okay. it could be going for a walk, it could be reading a book, playing the guitar.
0: Yeah. Um Scott, just um probably a couple of f- questions are gonna fire at you now, um that I do for most of my guests is if you could have dinner with five people, dead or alive, who would they be?
1: Oh wow. This is a new one. Five people.
0: Um <laughs> He's thinking.
1: <laughs> Jesus, that's impossible. Five people.
0: Uh, we can come back to it if you want I'll
1: give you my grandparents on my mum's side okay. and my granny on my dad's side I don't remember his father so there's four my grandparents um, oh, I should have to take me nee, wouldn't I my yeah. future fiance did want to meet her <laughs> there you go I
0: love a very family orientated answer to that um, Scott you just, you've mentioned on I suppose books is there any books or podcast recommendations you give to any listeners out there maybe it's personal development or maybe it's just a good read
1: uh one of them which i just gave to my coach before you came to the door was one called coach to coach and um, i think that could probably lead to anyone who's leading a team of people need to be coached in different ways some need to kick up the ass some need an arm around them and it's knowing who needs that is probably huge that was one i read over lockdown and really kind of opened my eyes to like okay how i need to coach people here and um, big on the customer service and reading about like uh, disneyland which is massive and just how they do everything down to like the smallest detail. I think that's just class. a Big fan of customer service, so definitely taking a lot of notes there. I would go through all my books now. I I love a book in my hand, not a Kindle fan, mm. and I go through books with a with a highlighter and um, I highlight things that are important and try put them into action. Then um, so coach to coach if you're in, in, into coaching or leading. Not um, Disneyland one if you're in any sort of customer service job. And after that...
0: Oh, I have too many for you. Too many. Too many. And I suppose, Scott, just on... Um, that's probably a new topic of bringing up is... Is there any apps you recommend to anyone there that help you daily, maybe to organise or just help you? Um, Big one when I opened the gym
1: um, was box breathing. Uh, it's kind of a form of meditation, but... I find some sort of meditation a bit like woo woo and a bit out there and uh, this one was just a breathing one so if you think of it like imagine a box it's like breathe in on one side hold it as it comes down one side breathe out on the other side and hold that breath out and that could be as long as two minutes or ten minutes I thought that was really cool if I was trying to had a busy day I'd finish with the clients in the morning I might stick that on just sit in a chair and do it for two minutes and then when it finishes like right what's really important that needs to get done like now today and um, I thought that was a good one um, Headspace at night time I always find that one to shut them down at the evenings. Uh, obviously I read a lot of business books, so when I'm trying to wind down I suddenly I start thinking more things about the business, so Headspace is a good one. Um, and I'm a big fan of just the old school pen and paper list. Yeah. Um and I, I don't know who told me about it, but if you write a list of all the things you need to get done and then write another list, but you divide that that original list into okay, what's actually really important there? You know, there might be I need to read my book, but is it really important to get done that day in that first hour of kind of your getting stuff done? yeah so probably there those 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 kind of things there are probably big for me brilliant brilliant and uh, scott i suppose
0: uh, i just want to first of all thank you for your time and just where can people stay connected with you and find you
1: uh we're on instagram facebook and the website um fitness health forms will we'll pop up pretty quick
0: Um, you know I always love a new follower brilliant brilliant to so listen scott um thank you so much for your time again and it's been a pleasure having you on thank you very much cheers